You're listening to Chainleak, the crypto news podcast with your host, Joshua Roomsberg. Follow and subscribe today. Welcome to the Chainleak podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Roomsberg. Today's episode is about decentralized cloud storage presented by Storex. Today's guest, Murphy John, a senior manager at Storex. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Joshua. Thanks for inviting me. I'm too excited to be in. (laughs) All right. So first, when it comes to cloud storage, what are the differences between centralized and decentralized cloud storage? Okay. So that's a great question uh, to start with. Actually, uh, decentralized and uh, centralized cloud is something uh, that you can compare with the legacy-based solution than what what has been happening currently because of the onset of blockchain. So when you talk about centralized cloud or or all the 80% of the cloud data which is being stored around the world, it's at single location. These places, they have a single data lake which, which stores all, look, uh, all the data which you put in. They are like unencrypted format and it's like very, very risky because what happens is the entire data lake is sitting at one infrastructure. God prohibits if anything happens to this kind of structure, your data is all gone. So, so let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. So when it comes to a solution like Dropbox or Google Cloud, you're saying that they hold all the data on centralized servers to where if an intruder got into their system, they would be able to take everything. That's right. So, so, so that's, that's precisely what I'm trying to say. The entire data, which has been lying is lying in a central centralized location. If any, any hacker or any, any unwanted event or elements get into this, they'll be able to access the entire system. So, even, so that's the major default. Yeah, sorry. Even if the system is in, say it's in five different countries around the world, they if they infiltrate one aspect or one location, they would be able to tamper into all of the data across the platform, yeah, so, the infrastructure. So, so so, 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 so what happens is I'm talking about a centralized location, which they are storing data in one specific location. Okay. It's not multi-regional, multi-locations. When you're storing a data in one single location, you are like, your data is, uh, is forcing to all this kind of threats, which can happen. Any person that unwantedly get into your data or get hands into your data can come in and delete the entire data, modify your data or cancel it to third person. That's what it means. So when you're talking about data being located at multiple locations, that's where we talk about multi-cloud location where they have different places, but with the same kind of infrastructure. So what happens is because the infrastructure is the same, you can have the same kind of replication or hacking that can be tried at all this location. But when it comes to, you want to ask me something? Sorry. Yeah, you're good. No, I was thinking, so back to the Google breakdown of it, when Google breaks down their data and information between five locations. That's not decentralized, is it? No, that's not decentralized because it's managed by the same individual, same entity all across. So it's, it's like the same entity that is controlling the entire data at five different locations. So with that, if an intruder got into the Google system, they may be able to retrieve all of the information for one specific location. 
Yes. So there's, there's a high possibility, high possibility that they can access the entire set of data that is located, that's residing in a single system. That's what I was going to get to next. So if they wanted to infiltrate two locations, they could double the amount of data and information they could collect. That's right. Is that, is that the way that breaks yeah. down? Yes. And if it's going to the three places, it is like three times the data that is located at three different locations. Now, what is the difference between that type of infrastructure compared to a decentralized solution like StoreX? So evidently what happens is when you talk about a decentralized infrastructure, it's like decentralized that is managed by different parties. So it's not a single entity that takes care of the entire data. It's like the data, if you, if you share like with StoreX, what happens is we have around 4,000 plus node operators who are spread worldwide. They have their fed, they have their own data systems. They have their own data locations that is managed individually by them. So each of the, each of the individual location will have its unique location. It's unique infrastructure and it's unique setup. So what happens is when you're sending in a data to decentralized system like StoreX, evidently what we do is we, we first encrypt your data with their own unique private key. We have this data broken up into multiple small chunks of pieces. We create multiple pieces of this data and then we send it across to all these nodes which are there. So your data might not be residing as a single source of data in any specific location. So what that, that means is none of the users or none of the uh, none of the operators, even StoreX, can ever access your data because your data is never lying unencrypted as a single source. At the most, you can get access to one node, which might be containing a certain fragment of data, but this is useless for everyone because you can't really reconnect the whole uh, system and encrypted and presented the whole data. So that, 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 that makes extremely secure compared to what the centralized or legacy-based solution is. Okay, so if I understand it correctly, the way individual nodes on the StoreX network, they have fragmented data. So even if an intruder was able to access one individual node, None of the information on that node is complete. Yes. There's no way they would be able so to read that information. That's, that's right. So even if he's able to read unencrypted, he will never have the access to other locations which are there, which might not be, he might not be able to recollect like what is the kind of location that is storing the data and in how much fragments are this data stored across. So that makes it specifically very, very uh, secured. So for example, if I were to upload a podcast episode on the store X you're saying that file is never stored on an individual node as one yes, say it's exactly. a 500 megabyte file. Yeah. So it would never be stored as a single source of data. It would be broken up into multiple pieces depending upon what is the size of data encrypted and then spread across to it. So even so, if, it, if even if you are, you're hosting, suppose you're yourself hosting a node on storage network, and you're able to access certain part of the information that is incomplete and without any use because incomplete data is, doesn't make any sense for you or for anybody, any person who will have the access to the data. So, for example, if the podcast episode was 500 megabytes, you're saying it would break down theoretically over, say, five nodes hold 100 megabytes of that file. That's right. That's and right. Even if somebody was to intrude on one of them five nodes, they yeah. wouldn't even be able to play 
play back the video because they don't have the whole file? Because that's because that's not a file by itself, right? It's just a piece yeah. of data, and that fragment of data would be uh, would be connected to a different part of location uh, location, which would be residing at a different location altogether, which the hacker will never be able to access it. That's that's that sounds great. Now, when it comes to that, what are some of the differences between? a legacy network versus Storex when it comes to security by keeping it decentralized and fragmented between nodes. Does that give you more security of your files and information? Definitely. So, 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 so the whole promise of decentralized data, decentralized cloud storage is that your data is highly secure and highly private. It's only because of the unique architecture that decentralized cloud offers you will never be able to access the complete set of data. As I explained to you earlier, that your data is never like residing unencrypted as a single file in any single location. So that brings you a lot of advantage compared to all the other uh, legacy-based storage because yeah, as I told you, even if somebody is able to access even a single piece of data that's useless for him or for the storage node operator. So that makes us like the, if if one of the uh, one of the file is one of the file is even compromised, that makes us useless for anyone. So that's that's one thing that is there. The second one is because of this unique way of storage. One is we're able to offer you a high level of privacy. Nobody can ever access your data or manipulate your data in one way or the other. So the data is extremely secure. The second one is because it's lying in an encryption based format, it's still useless. Even if you're able to access those servers, it's still in an encrypted format. So you'll never be able to, it's, it's very difficult to encrypt, uh, decrypt the data which is there and then find another location which would be encrypted in the same way. So that that kinds of, it's not impossible, but it's very, very difficult compared to any other uh, way as you compare to the legacy based solution. The third one is because of this fragmentation, you're not able, you can protect yourself with a lot of virus attacks. Uh, evidently, one of the famous ones is ransomware attack because your data, because it's not lying in a single source, nobody can even encrypt it. That okay. Way. Now, yeah, let me stop. Let me stop you there, because another yeah. thing I was just thinking about is say that information is fragmented between five nodes. Yeah. If one node was compromised. Yeah. How would the other four nodes complete that file if the first node with the first twenty five percent was compromised? Okay, so 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 the way in which we fragment this data, when we when we encrypt the data and fragment with data, then we create multiple copies of this data. So it's not just five. So it, nodes. Might, it might yeah. be two or three nodes that have that yeah, same, the same first twenty five. Yes. And what happens is in case one of the node goes down due to any reason, even two nodes goes down due to any reason, you still can get in the data from other nodes. So the, uh, there will be other nodes which would be there, which will, which can club in and give you a data. So, so your data is evidently replicated also. So it brings in a replication format also to the data. So on a bigger scale of things, you could have 50 or 100 nodes that would have that one fifth yes. of that file. Yeah. on their node individually yeah so so what happens is this file would be at three or four different locations at three, okay. three or four different regional locations so even if one of the region is compromised the other region is always carrying your data to be provided to you in case one of the node is not accessible now that leads me into the next point with data durability for 
me being a business owner, there have been times where I stored all of my information on a hard drive and then that hard drive fails. What are some of the advantages of having your data stored in a digital cloud? Okay, so uh, in digital cloud, I will uh, give the reason of why you need to store it with decentralized cloud specifically. First of all is your data is always present on the net, uh, on the internet, because there's so much replication, there is security that is provided. There is one more feature which is additionally important is the data authenticity that is provided by the decentralized cloud. So what happens is whenever, uh, whenever a data is fragmented and stored in a specific node, uh, and we create multiple uh, copies of this data into multiple nodes. Every regularly we carry out a, there is a process that automatically carries out an audit of all this data residing on this different servers. So what happens is a storage node always has to come back to the system and prove the authenticity that if X amount of data was stored with this, it's exactly storing that X amount of data in the next month, next week or in another quarterly. So only once they qualify uh, and provide this kind of authenticity, they are given ranking and they are given rewards, storage rewards. So ultimately what happens is it's kind of an audit check that is done regularly to all these nodes. And based on the audit checks that is done, these nodes are ranked with certain percentage. So the higher the number of reputation that is there, the higher is your chances of getting more amount of data. The lower the number of node ranking is there, the lower you get you can get penalized or you can be kicked out of the network. So depending, so that kind of ensures the data is always authentic in the same always way. Always available as well. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing I would look at with that is you also remove the ability for a single point of failure. Like I said, I've had multiple hard drives that have went out over the years and I lose all of their data because I only had it on a single hard drive. So moving forward in 2023, I have multiple aspects where I keep my data just in case there's a single point of failure. But you're saying by keeping the stuff digital in the cloud between the nodes, even if one is compromised, the data is always there. They get ranked based on the information they have. And if if they lose a piece of information, they get degraded within the network. That's right. So 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 they're given kind of uh, they're given lower rankings in terms of that. The more the number of ranks that is there on a storage net, the more amount of data can be stored in that. So the lower the rankings is the lower the chances you will get more data. And if you if you pass the threshold limit, if you're below the threshold limit, you're not given the storage rewards. So that's kind of ensuring that the data and the, the node operators were there always adhere to certain qualities. They have to, and in order to gain this kind of reputation, there are certain parameters that have been provided to them, like regularly updating their nodes, keeping it ensure that it's always in the network, it's 24 by seven available. And and the and the way we, we ensure this is, uh, if you talk about the other uh, decentralized cloud storage, which are there in the market compared to storage, so storage is always the node has to be there on the internet data center. We are not accepting any nodes which are there in the homes. It's not like a normal uh, network computer that is just in the home or a hardware that is plugged in. We ensure all our nodes are always there in the internet data center. That kind of bring in at least three or four levels of resiliency compared to all the other uh, decentralized node operators, which are decentralized cloud storage providers, which are there in the market. 
Okay. Now, the next aspect, when you compare a legacy storage network compared to a decentralized alternative, are the pricing. What what does the pricing look like between the old legacy systems and the new decentralized systems? Is it more cost effective to use a decentralized alternative? Yes, it is very, very cost effective compared to the storage. Uh, if you compare to any other normal hosting or any other cloud storage, I'm talking about a centralized level, they're at least 50 to 70% cheaper than what the normal legacy-based storage solution would offer and evidently build in all these features which are which are provided as free. So in case if you want to get in any of these features with the legacy-based providers, it's like charged for every different feature that you have, like resiliency, multiple locations, you you are being charged extra for that. So this comes in with uh, making it much more cheaper and cost-effective compared to the other legacy-based storage providers. Now, what do you feel are some of the biggest use cases for using a decentralized cloud storage solution? So biggest, uh, one of the biggest uh, that we have been getting inquiries is from the individuals who want to store important data. It's like kind of they're they're trying to uh, they're trying to use this as a backup storage, ditch in the digital tape drives and other storage mediums and provide. Uh, so storage can operate as a as a drive a storage drive for them where they put in their important data and access it. We have use cases where the digital uh, copies of uh, multimedia storage which have come in to us and they are trying to see how we can provide them storage. Uh, the third important thing is we're talking to a lot and a lot of Web3 companies who want to use our storage to store in the data. So these are three, uh, eventually uh, three important uh, use cases where we have people coming in and asking us. One, as I said, one was just as a backup medium. So people want to use storage as a backup drive for their important information. The second one is multimedia storage, which they're using, which are trying to see how we can store resiliently videos, important aspects of videos and other multimedia stories. The third one is, as I said, it's Web3 storage. It's basically the Web3 companies, Web2.5 companies who are trying to use our storage system. Now, another thing I was just thinking about, and it kind of blows my mind, when you think about the different types of businesses and organizations that could use this, um, I think about colleges when they submit paperwork or for individual classes. If a teacher had this infrastructure, they could store all of the grades, all of the different paperwork that these students are submitting. Now, is that something that a third party would have to build a user interface on top of Storex? Or is that something where you guys could potentially build that out in the future? So, so we, we are currently, uh, we're currently talking to a lot of use cases like that. And we, uh, once our mainnet is launched, we're going to provide you APIs where you can easily interact with storage storage and you need not to build any other APIs in front of them. So we will be giving you a ready-made, uh, APIs, which you can just interact and connect to the storage type and store this kind of data. So we are working on that and it would make uh, connecting and working with storage type very, very easier. You wouldn't have okay. to do a lot of efforts from your end. Are there any limitations when it comes to decentralized cloud storage? So uh, in terms of limitations right now, uh, what we can see in the market is 
there are certain uh, certain gaps if you try, try to perform if you try to check in the performance it would be a little uh, compared to the other because the data is stored in uh, multiple locations that kind of tends to make it a little slow but definitely we are working on a lot of aspects and you see a lot of development in this area where we will be able to offer much more better experience compared to the centralized cloud but as, as things are evolving i'm very sure that this would be going to be doing a lot of things around when you look at the overall aspect of decentralized cloud storage and you compare storex to some of the alternatives on the market what do you feel is the biggest advantage Storex has compared to some of the other offerings that are available. So as as I told you that we are kind of controlling the kind of nodes that get into the node. So our input that means the storage drive, which which uh, the storage which is being offered to all the all the clients that are using storage is definitely com very very high compared to all the other node operators, all the other service providers which are there. Because as I told you that our nodes are always a storage drive which is put in an internet data center so that kind of ensures the quality of the service that we are providing because most of the other players which are there just want storage so storage is much more different compared to what storage is in an internet data center so with that we kind of able to provide a certain quality which is really really high compared to the other versus keeping a laptop in your house or keeping keeping just a storage drive in your house and connecting and putting into the network right because that's another thing i think about I I have insurance for my equipment and my different physical aspects of the business. But when it comes to the data, that's a little harder to insure. So having a secure solution to store your data is very valuable. That's that. So that 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 was a mission that we came up with. So the founder was very very. Uh, the brief that we had, the founder had, was we we are on mission to provide you a secure, privacy-based, secure storage, a location where nobody can ever access your data or snoop into your data or try to sell in your data, and provide a very very high level of security that nobody else can offer. So because of the blockchain, because of, because of the block, evidently use increase of the blockchain people coming in and starting using blockchain and because of the XTC on which we are put up, we are highly, highly secure compared to any other storage providers or legacy based storage providers where they're in the market. How do you see the future shaping for decentralized cloud storage? Do you see any other potential advancements for using blockchain technology with this um, cloud storage solution? Yeah, so, so uh, as I talk to you, as, as, I, as I'm talking to you currently, if you see the centralized market or the centralized, the legacy-based storage providers control more than 80% to 90% of the storage market. I see there's a gradual okay. shift that has been coming. People have started uh, experiencing the uh, the power that decentralized cloud offers, and they're now open to try off. Try off. They're coming into the testing phase where they're trying to explore how they can work in. So the future is very, very bright. If you compare the storage market, if you compare the legacy storage market, it has been growing in a wonderful manner year on year. So that's something that is going to come. Even a minuscule percentage of data that moves to uh, minuscule market that moves to decentralize it would be very very big it, it would get into a leaps and rounds so overall right now there's a 80 percent of the market has not even touched the blockchain yes. aspect yet so so you're talking more than 80 percent 
So, okay. so the, the legacy based provider is actually controlling uh, the whole of the storage market. But uh, as I see, the, the, the legacy storage market is good for certain use cases. But definitely there are use cases which are, which can be configured to decentralized cloud market. And it's much more convenient to use a decentralized market, uh, decentralized cloud storage compared to the legacy based storage providers. Okay. Now to close out the interview, is there anything else you'd like to add that you don't feel we've already covered today? I think uh, uh, I think people should uh, be uh, decentralized cloud storage market is very, very nascent. People are still very reluctant to use, but I think it's it's one of the wonderful way to keep or store your data. People should start trying to use this and start trying to uh, uh, use and build solutions around it because it can offer very, very high amount of privacy, security and resiliency, uh, which cannot be guaranteed by any legacy-based storage. So because of the uh, growth of blockchain, involvement of blockchain and the merger with the cloud storage, the combination is really, really very good. So if, in case if you're looking for any of the secure st storage, which has to be secured, which has to be privacy based and which has to be resilient, decentralized cloud storage is one of the best way to get into it. And I think you should come in and explore uh, explore uh, Storex, Storex.net, then create a user theme. We're coming up with uh, a newer version with a more robust version two to three uh, very soon. It would be okay. launched in the market. Uh, we would welcome you to have a look at it. Uh, once it's launched, we would, of course, make the announcement in social media, but it's going to change the whole dynamics of the game. The other thing is because we are built on XDC, which is one of the best platforms in the market, It's it provides kind of a high amount of resiliency and uh, growth, which is there. So this is something really unique, a combination of storage on the XCC and we are able to combine the solution and offer it to the general public. I think that's, that's really a good solution that people should look or explore. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you very much, Joshua. We appreciate your time. All right. So until we meet again, um, this has been StoreX, decentralized cloud storage. Have a good day, buddy. Thank you very much. Have a nice day.